Good morning, Emmanuel. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10. The last time that I preached, we went through Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9. Um, and I'm going to review that. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast, anyone should boast. So we talked about how salvation, and particularly justification, whereby God declares us righteous, is not procured through works, through our works. There's nothing we can do to earn our salvation. Um, but it's by grace, which is undeserved, unmerited favor, undeserved love of God, that we're saved through faith, believing, trusting in God. And that, not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So even the faith um, salvation through faith is not of ourselves, it's a gift of God. So we can't take credit, any credit for our salvation. All the glory belongs to Him. And it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. If we had done something to save ourselves, then we could boast in heaven. We could say, hey, I'm here because I did more than someone else or I, I did something to earn this but when boasting is excluded by God's grace then he, all the glory belongs to him and he gets all the glory for our salvation and there's nothing that we did or could do to earn it even the faith is a gift from God it's all a gift from God um, so um, the question, and I, I am so thankful that we're not saved by good works because our works would never be good enough. We learn from the rest of Scripture and from Romans that what God requires is perfection, that you have to be perfectly good or righteous to go to heaven or to be justified, declared righteous. Um, and so we're declared righteous with the righteousness of Christ by faith when we believe in him because Christ died for our sins on the cross. He paid the penalty and, and his righteousness, our sin was imputed to him and his righteousness was imputed or counted as ours, as our own. God counted it as ours because of his sacrifice on the cross and he counted it as ours when we believed. So I'm thankful for that because my good works would never be good enough. In fact, the book of Romans says that there's none righteous, no, not one. Um, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's, there's no one who does good and, and by the deeds of the law, no flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. But that leaves us with the question, how, how do good works fit into the Christian's life? Um, 
if you're saved, uh, you're not saved by your good works, you're saved by faith. Um, is there any need for good works? Um, or if, you know, it doesn't contribute to, to salvation or, or some would say, well, I mean, if, if you're saved by grace, it's all grace, then how's anybody going to be motivated to do good works? And some fall into that, that, that rut because Paul said, um, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound in, in Romans 6? And he says, God forbid. Um, and he explains why that's not the case. We shouldn't just continue in sin that grace may abound, even though we're saved by grace. We shouldn't. Um, we, we, there is a place for good works in the Christian life. So there's, there's basically two wrongs that you can fall into or two pitfalls. And one is work salvation. And I know in Catholic theology, there's the belief that God justifies us by faith and by our works. And that we're justified through faith and our works. And that's work salvation. And, and, and I know James Montgomery Boyce said that they would say, that God is producing the good works, but still that he, he justifies us through our works. And um, we know that we're justified through faith, by grace through faith, by faith alone. So that's, that's one pitfall, and that's a dangerous pitfall because if you're depending on your works for salvation instead of trusting in God alone and his grace and then then you're not going you can't you can't be saved that way you have to trust in, in in Christ alone and his grace so that's one pitfall the other pitfall that Christians can fall into is um or maybe not Christians is what's called easy believism that hey um i believed or I prayed a prayer. Um, I, I I made some type of commitment or profession. I had some kind of faith, so I can live the rest of my life however I want to. And that's the very thing that Paul said that we shouldn't do: continue in sin that grace may abound. So there's no need for good works. I can do you know what I want because I'm already saved. I'm already going to heaven because I believed. And what we have to remember is there's two kinds of faith. There's, there's a, the, the faith as Satan has, the devil believed and trembled. The devil believes and trembles. Um, Satan believes in God. He believes in Jesus. He believes that Jesus is the Son of God, but he doesn't, hasn't put his trust in him. and He hasn't. It's not a repentant kind of faith or a faith... That, that trusts in God and, and, and wants to please him or wants to entrust. Satan doesn't want to follow God and, and trust him with his life. He's in rebellion against God. He believes that he died on the cross and 
He believes that Jesus is the Son of God, that he rose again, but he doesn't really believe in him. For a true faith is a repentant kind of faith, and a faith that God is working in us. Is We're saved by faith alone, but it's not... Is, is, this is sometimes attributed to Martin Luther um, and sometimes to John Calvin, but there's a saying, we are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. The faith that saves results in good works. A true saving faith is a repentant kind of faith. Um, so that easy believism... Um, is also dangerous and I think a lot of people that believe that and think hey I made a commitment I'm going to heaven where I I believed um, what the Bible said about Jesus a lot of those people are not truly saved because if they had true faith um, that would be reflected in their works um, if God was at work in them and had given them faith, he would also give them good works. But we are saved through faith. It is the gift of God. So where do the works come in? Well, in his letter to the Ephesians, the Apostle Paul revealed that the work of God, the work God had already accomplished to produce good works in the Ephesians believers. The Apostle Paul revealed the work God had already accomplished to produce good works in the Ephesian believers. Look at verse 10 of Ephesians chapter 2. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. So Paul revealed the work God had already accomplished to produce good works in the Ephesian believers. So the title of the sermon this morning is The Work of God in Producing Good Works in Us. Um, God has already accomplished the same work to produce good works in us that he accomplished in the Ephesians believers. He's He's accomplished the same work to produce good works in us. How has God already worked to produce good works in us? Well, in Ephesians 2.10, Paul reveals, Paul revealed four ways that God has already worked to produce good works in us. Four ways that God has already worked to produce good works in us. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that... You have saved us by your grace through faith. And not, that not of ourselves, it is, it is your gift, the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And we thank you, Lord, that you have saved us to good works. That you have um, worked already to produce good works in us and you have a plan that you're accomplishing in us which um, is that we are we're saved to good works and Lord we just pray that you would continue to work in us um, to glorify your name through the good works 
that you have already worked to produce in us. And Lord, give us wisdom as we read your word this morning, and I pray that your spirit will work in our hearts and open our eyes to the truth of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. So Paul revealed four ways God has already worked to produce good works in us. First, God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us anew. God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us anew. In Ephesians 2.9, Paul said, No one can boast in their salvation because we are not justified or declared righteous or saved through our good works. Rather, as Paul explained in Ephesians 2.8, we are saved by grace through faith, and salvation through faith is not of ourselves. It is a gift of God. But Paul goes on to explain that God has good works for us to do and that those good works are the result of his work. He has good works for us to do and that those good works are also also the result of his work. He has worked to produce good works in us first by creating us anew. Ephesians 2.10 begins, We are his workmanship. We are his workmanship. According to Andrew Lincoln and his commentary on Ephesians, the Greek word poema meaning work that that Paul uses here for workmanship um, is not the typical word used for work in the Greek New Testament. The typical word used is ergon, but Paul here uses poema or workmanship, which when used of God in the Septuagint, the ancient Greek translation in the Old Testament and in Romans 1.20, it is used to describe the creation as his work. It's used to describe God's work in creating the world uh, or in the creation. So when Paul says we are his workmanship, he means we are God's work of creation or his creative work. Workmanship means his work of creation. Of course, God created us when we were conceived in the womb, when we were born, but, I mean, or when we were conceived, but Paul is referring to God's creative work of salvation. When we were dead in our trespasses and sins, as Paul mentioned at the beginning of the chapter, chapter 2 here, um, God made us alive. We were born again or regenerated by the Holy Spirit. Not only did he make us alive, he took what we were and changed us into something else. He created us anew as a new work of his creation. In 2 Corinthians 5.17, Paul wrote, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So God has created us anew, and this reminds us too, again, that God deserves the glory. God alone deserves the glory. Lincoln wrote, just as humans contributing nothing to their own creation, 
so also they contributed nothing to their new creation. Both are God's work. So it's God that has created us anew. We didn't create ourselves. We didn't create, we didn't create ourselves in the womb. And we didn't create ourselves when we were born again. It was God that did the work. In Ezekiel 36, 26 through 27, the Lord said, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. So the Lord has created us anew with a new heart and put his spirit within us. He took out our sinful heart of stone and gave us a new heart with different desires and inclinations. This new heart in us is already believed and repented, if we're believers. It loves God and wants to obey him and please him. This new heart in us, this new creation that is you, that is me, we want to do good works. We want to please God. We want to love God and love our neighbor. It is what we were created anew to do. Calvin says that this proves that we have no remaining works by which we can merit salvation. For all the good works which we possess are the fruit of regeneration, the fruit of the new birth. Calvin goes on, hence it follows that works themselves are a part of grace. Even the works that we do are a part of God's grace in our lives. And he deserves the glory for them because they're all fruits of regeneration, of the new birth. Andrew Lincoln wrote, Since salvation is seen as a creation in Christ for good works, such good works cannot be the cause of their the Ephesians' salvation. Likewise, since salvation is God's creation, there could be no human works prior to that creation to which it could be attributed. So salvation is God's creation, and he regenerates us, and good works are caused by, um, I mean, salvation is creation in Christ for good works, so the works can't be the cause of it. Furthermore, although Paul does not elaborate on this here, um, in Ephesians 2.10, God continues his creative work in us. He did not just wind us up like a clock and let us run after we were born again. He is still at work in us through the Holy Spirit, transforming us, renewing us, cleansing us, forgiving us, and sanctifying us. This is why David said in Psalm 51.10, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. And Paul in Philippians 2.13 wrote, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. So God's still working in us. He's created us in Christ for good works. He's created us anew as a work of his creation. But so that it's our nature to do good works. But he's also still working in us to will 
and to do his good pleasure, to desire to do good works and to actually do them is through his spirit. Many of you remember the song from when you were a child. He's still working on me to make me what I ought to be. You know the song? Sing it with me. No? It took him just a week to make the moon and the stars, the sun and earth and Jupiter and Mars. How loving and patient he must be. He's still working on me. And though it's a kind of a children's song, it's a great truth. He's still working in us and working on us to make us what we ought to be. He's created us, he's made us a new creation and he's still working in us. So God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us anew. And second, God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us in Christ Jesus. God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us in Christ Jesus. Ephesians 2.10, again, we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus. When God created us anew, when he made us a new work of creation, he created us in Christ Jesus. We were created anew in union with Christ. Paul wrote back in verse 5 of chapter 2 that God made us alive together with Christ. In Ephesians 1, 19 through 20, Paul spoke of the exceeding greatness of power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seating him in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. <clears throat> it is only through the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ that we have life. We are united to Christ Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection. In Romans 6, 5 through 7, Paul wrote, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing this, that our old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Our old man, our heart of stone, which enslaved us to sin, has been put to death or crucified with Christ through his sacrifice of himself on the cross. And we have been raised together with Christ as a new creation in him, created for good works. We are, not, we are united to Christ through the Holy Spirit, who now lives in us as a branch is united to the vine. God has engrafted us as a branch into Jesus, the vine. In John 15, 4 through 5, Jesus said, Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. 
So if we have been created anew in union with Christ Jesus as branches and grafted into a vine. It is through this new union with Christ and through abiding in him that we are able to do the good works which God created, has created us to do. Christ is our vine, our life-giving source. It is only through this union with him which God has worked in us that we can bear fruit or do good works. So God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us anew, by creating us in Christ Jesus. And third, God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us for good works. God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us for good works. Ephesians 2.10 says, We are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. Not only were we created in Christ Jesus for good works when we were born again, we were chosen before the foundation of the world to walk in good works. Earlier in his epistle in, 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 1, 4, in Ephesians 1.4, Paul wrote, Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Holy means to be set apart or separated from sin and set apart or separated for service to God. Service to God requires purity. To be without blame is to be without any moral defect or fault. So the holiness that we have been chosen for requires us to live a life of good works. For we cannot be separated from sin or without blame if we do not live a life of good works. So we were chosen before the foundation of the world to walk in good works. And we were created anew in Christ for good works. Calvin says this does not mean that we may attain perfection in this life. This is the goal to which the whole course of our life must be directed. And we shall not reach it till we have finished our course. A Christian who did not do any good works would be like a chimpanzee that didn't eat bananas. And they do eat bananas in the wild. They're just like smaller and they have lots of seeds in them. So, um, or a Christian that didn't do any good works would be like a piano that made no, no sound. Or like a fruit tree that didn't bear fruit, to use a biblical illustration. Good works are what God has created us to do in Christ Jesus. He has given us a new heart that delights in doing good works. Jesus said in Matthew seven sixteen through 20, when speaking about false prophets, you will know them by the fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree, and that's funny to think about. I mean, if you think about a, uh, a thorn bush, you know, bearing grapes or, or uh, a thistle bearing figs or an apple tree bearing oranges, something like that. But... Um, of course, those are both good fruits, but 
Even so, a good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. A, bad, a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, by their fruits, you will know them. And John the Baptist said earlier in Matthew 3.10, And even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Therefore, every tree which does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Then Jesus said in John 15.2, Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may, it may bear more fruit. And in 15.6, If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire, and they are burned. So, fruit trees are planted... To, to grow fruit. That's what they're for. That's what they're created for. That's what they're planted for. Believers are created in Christ to bear fruit for good works. And of course, it's ultimately for God's glory and, and for our good. Um, but the immediate purpose is to bear fruit, to do good works. What good is a piano that makes no sound or a branch that does not bear fruit? Good for nothing, right? If we have been created in Christ for good works, he will bear the fruit of good works. We will, we will bear the fruit of good works. But in order to do so, we must abide in Christ by abiding in his word. He alone is the source of our power to do good works and live a life that is pleasing to God. So we have to abide in Christ. We have to remain in his word and prayer and obey his commandments. And so what good works have we been chosen for and created in Christ to do? We must keep his commandments. Jesus said in John 15, 10, If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as, I have kept, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. Then Jesus commanded his disciples in John 15, 12, saying, This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. So keeping his commandments begins with loving God and loving our neighbors as ourselves, the two greatest commandments which summarize all others. And Jesus gave the disciples a new commandment, love one another as I have loved you. That's a bit harder, loving your neighbor as yourself. And loving one another as, God, as Christ loved us, he who laid down his life for us. That's a, that's, that's a little bit tougher to, one to follow, quite a bit tougher to love as Christ loved. In chapters 4 through 6 of Ephesians, Paul gives us much guidance regarding the specifics of the good works that God has created us to perform, regarding how we should edify and love one another in the body of Christ, how we should put off the old man with its sinful desires and put on the new man created in Christ, and how we should put off sinful behaviors and replace them with works of righteousness. And he tells us the good works that God has created for us, us for in the church, in our marriages and families, 
and in our relationship with God and our relationship with others. And he tells us how to battle and withstand the attacks of our enemy with the gospel as our spiritual armor and with prayer. So we have a lot to look forward to in, in Ephesians of application of when Paul shows us the works that we need to walk in, the works that we, the good works that we need to do as believers. So God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us anew, by creating us in Christ Jesus, by creating us for good works. And fourth, God has worked to produce good works in us by preparing the good works for us beforehand that, so that we should walk in them. God has worked to produce good works in us by preparing the, work, the good works for us beforehand so that we should walk in them. Ephesians 2.10 says, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I think this is a stunning revelation. That not only did God choose us before the foundation of the world and created us, create us in Christ for good works, he did something else before the foundation of the world. He prepared beforehand the particular good works that he wanted us to do so that we should walk in them. So he's not only prepared us for good works or chosen us for good works before the foundation of the world, he's also prepared the good works beforehand for us to do as part of his plan. 2 Timothy 1.9 says, God has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. That holy calling is good works, and that's, that's according to his purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So he prepared beforehand that you would encourage your brother or sister at church this morning. He prepared beforehand that you would offer your sacrifice of praise. He prepared beforehand that this past week you would make melody in your heart to the Lord as you were at work or as you were going through a trial that you would sing in your heart to God and, and, and worship him. He prepared beforehand that you would love your wife this week and encourage her and serve her. He prepared beforehand that you would take care of your sick husband this week and encourage him. He prepared beforehand that you would pray for your church while you were sick and struggling. He prepared beforehand that you would discipline your son or daughter, that you would pray for the lost, that you would share the gospel, that you would read your Bible and meditate on God's attributes. Whatever good works you, you have done or you do this week, he prepared those beforehand for you to do before the foundation of the world. But it is your job 
as you abide in Christ to walk in them, to walk in the works that he prepared beforehand for you to do. He prepared them beforehand that we should walk in them. To walk in the... <clears throat> this seems... Um, this, to walk in these good works seems to be a theme throughout the rest of Ephesians. Notice the contrast with verses 1 through 3. He prepared beforehand that you should walk in the good works. And then 1 through 3 says, Before we were saved... It talks about before we were saved. And you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and the mind. That is how we walked without Christ. We walked in the filth of this world. We walked in sin. We walked in, according to our filthy desires in allegiance with Satan and the sons of disobedience. But God has created us anew in Christ to walk now in good works. To walk in holiness. To live a life of good works. Loving God and loving one another. And loving our neighbors who need Christ. He has prepared the good works beforehand that we should walk in them. But we must walk in them. Again, that's why Paul wrote in Philippians 2, 12 through 13, Work out your own salvation. Or he could have said, work out your own sanctification. With fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you to will and to do his good pleasure. It's God who works in us to will and do, but we, as others have said, we must work out what God has worked in us. Um, this passage refers to our salvation in the sense of our continued sanctification or transformation as believers. We must work out what God has worked in us. In Ephesians 4.1, Paul continues with this theme of walking or living he says, walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Walk worthy. I mean, we're a new creation in Christ. We've been called to, to good works. We've been called with a holy calling. We must walk worthy of the calling with which you were, we were called. And then in 4.17, Paul says that we should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk in the futility of their mind. And then he describes the way they walk again. In Ephesians 5.2, Paul tells us to walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling aroma. Walk in love. In Ephesians 5, 8 through 10, Paul tells us to walk as children of light. For the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. Walk as children of light. We're no longer sons of disobedience. We're children of light. 
Then in Ephesians 5.15, Paul writes, See then that you walk circumspectly. Circumspectly. Not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. This is just a little preview of what is ahead of us in Ephesians and of the good works that God has prepared beforehand for us to walk in. So God has worked to produce good works in us by creating us anew, by creating us in Christ Jesus, by creating us for good works, and by preparing the good works for us beforehand so that we should walk in them. So as many have said, we are not saved by our good works, but we have been saved to good works. We have been created in Christ for a life of good works, which God has prepared for us for his glory and for our our own joy. We should rejoice in doing these good works for God. It's, It's what he's created to do. It should bring us joy and Jesus said that it brings us fullness of joy to love one another as Christ loved us. It brings us fullness of joy. Abide in Christ and his word and walk worthy of the calling God has given us. Walk in the good works God has prepared for you before the foundation of the world. Thank you.